0: Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shab LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space, so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now, here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome back to the MarTech Podcast.
1: All right. Today, we're going to hear part two of our interview with Greg Isaacs. Greg is a brand integration expert and the chief product and marketing officer at the Branded Entertainment Network. In the first part of this interview, Greg walked us through his career, including various product and marketing roles at eBay, AT&T, and the NFL. And he also told us how brands use the Ben Group to move their TV advertising budgets to streaming video services like Netflix. In this episode, Greg is going to tell us about the Ben Group's customer segmentation, their products, marketing mix, and about the measurement methodology behind product placements and influencer marketing. Here's part two of our interview with Greg. So as you're trying to build the market, how do you think about customer segmentation? Uh, You mentioned before, large what I would call enterprise level companies, are there specific segments that you go after? Who do you define as your target customers?
2: We look at it a few different ways. One is what are the categories that naturally lead to integration? So if you think about if you watch productions, whether it's action or horror or reality shows, daytime, late night, whatever it happens to be, what we typically look at is what are the categories that we think are going to be most easily integrated. So automotive is a great category because by and large, most of the productions require some type of vehicle, even if it's a futuristic piece of content like ghost in the shell, where we worked with Honda very intimately to create a bike, there's still opportunities there. Technology is another great category. Microsoft has been a lead client unrelated to the Bill Gates affiliation for many, many years now. If you think about spirits or alcohol, Heineken's been a client, Proximo has been a long time client. And that just goes more broadly to anything with respect to a home. When there's a piece of content that is related to the home or workplace, what kind of product categories can get integrated? So we think about it from that perspective again. And then we have some unique brands like Zillow is a client of ours where the reality is no one, I think, very few people think about writing a piece of content with Zillow in mind, but because we have these relationships we are able to actually get unique brands placed into some content so that's the first segmentation we do is around what are the categories that where integration is most likely to occur at scale and then we also look at uh, we segment at least by target clients trying to understand who are the big spenders across tv and digital And with respect to TV, we understand, okay, do they have categories or products that fits nicely into the integration opportunity space I mentioned earlier? And then with respect to digital, we also look at, again, who's investing heavily in digital and what are the categories that might work most successfully across the influencer space? So that in a broad way is how we actually segment our customer base.
1: Yeah. So it seems like it's a very industry-driven segmentation
2: I think you summarize that perfectly.
1: Great, great. So tell me about your products. You have these industry driven segmentation. You're looking for a specific type of customers. What are the products that you present to them?
2: The beauty about what we do is that the product itself is very simple. We believe in just keeping it very straightforward and focusing on integrating brands into content. So, the product, what we're selling in this case, is that access to that premium content. Again, it's unique access, and there's a scarcity value there. And again, it goes from film to TV, which I define as broadcast, streaming, and then certainly digital influencer. So the pitch of what we're selling is, we're selling not only that access, but we're actually selling results. So when we go to a brand and say, look, for this investment, here's what you're going to get, It's a very easy straight line for them to understand. Okay, if I'm going to put a million dollars towards this media, these are what the results I'm expecting. And they're all organic. So at the end of the day, if we over deliver, the brand's happy. If we under deliver, it's up to us to figure out how we can make good on that. So in a sense, I mean, we are selling a very unique but effective media channel to brands.
1: So let's unpack that a little bit. I want to talk about your business model. What does it take for somebody to engage with you? What are the general budgets and buy sizes? Just walk me through what it takes to get started with the Ben Group. And then what are the things that you commit to?
2: The most fundamental item we need to figure out is from the brand is what is their goal? Some brands are focused on, look, I want tonnage. I want to drive awareness. Other brands may be more direct response. And so they're looking for a target CPA so once we have a good sense of what the brand is looking for, then we basically work with them to understand the right content and ultimately what the metrics are and how they pay for it. So one example could be if you are a typically a TV advertiser and you are looking at some of the shifts that are happening in the television advertising landscape and you understand that streaming is important... We will most often focus on an impression-driven campaign at a set CPM. So again, once we understand the audience that the brand is looking to target, we will come up with a set budget and then effectively an impression guarantee, which then backs into a target CPM. And so it's our job at that point to work with the brand to say, these are the content opportunities that make the most sense if the brand doesn't want to get integrated in any piece of content, they tell us up front. And then we work with the staff in these productions to get that integration to take place. And then ultimately, we look at the results and 99 out of our 100 times, we will meet or exceed expectations with the brand. And that's why our client retention rate is about 93%, which is a great number to have. In some other cases and categories, and this could be some of our Other clients who I'd say are more digitally focused, are typically more response driven, they're typically lower down the marketing funnel. So the metrics there may be a cost per engagement if there's an Instagram campaign. It may be a CPA depending on if we do an influencer driven campaign. But again, it all just goes back to something very fundamental is what is a brand trying to achieve? And once we understand that, then we lock in the economics of a particular campaign. For the
1: people that are looking for reach, doing something that is impression level, and it sounds like you're willing to commit to a number of eyeballs, and then the model becomes CPM driven. For people that are looking for more targeted, probably more influencer driven campaigns, you're able to track down to more conversion based
2: attribution. And as much as we would love to get to a more, I think, conversion-based metric for the streaming and TV landscape, it's a very challenging line of sight metric to get, number one. And number two, with the most of this content being non-linear in nature now, people watch it whenever they want to, it's really challenging to track when someone sees an integration in a, an Orange is the New Black or Ray Donovan to get to an actual conversion. So we do do a fair amount of research to try and draw that line of sight, but that's just a limitation, at least as of today, that certainly not only we have to manage, but the entire industry and our clients.
1: Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost effective. Request a demo at Mutinex.co. That's M U T I N E X.co. So, talk to me a little bit about that type of attribution. How are you actually measuring the success? What are the things that those types of clients look at to gauge whether this channel creates a lift or not?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think besides the impression piece, which is about the tonnage and the reach, if you will, the most focus on metric or metrics are the awareness. So number one, was the client aware? So that's usually we'll do both aided and unaided. But then also, did the affinity change pre and post? to this integration, and what was the likelihood of purchase pre and post this integration? So again, one of the, as I mentioned at the end of last year, we, we launched this research capability because it was so critical to our clients and understanding how effective these integrations were. But we've relied largely on effectively surveying, and in some cases we do it ourselves, in other cases we rely on third-party tools like a Nielsen and MRI if they track those brands. So again, we're sort of agnostic to the data source, as long as we provide our clients with the insight they need to make rational decisions moving forward.
1: Makes sense. How do you think about customer acquisition, paid acquisition, organic, viral? Tell us a little bit about your marketing mix and where do your customers come from?
2: the way i view marketing's role at least at ben given we have a direct sales model is to really soften the base if you will sprinkle some seeds and just make sure that when our client development team is out in market they have the highest probability of success so how do we do that the first is a heavy focus on targeted pr so we will work with targeted outlets and this could range from business-focused outlets who often want to talk about the advertising and content landscape. It could be focused on marketing or ad-driven publishers. It could be also focused on content-driven publishers. Again, and depending on who the publisher is, we generally have the same message, the three big trends I talked about earlier, but weighted towards if it's a more ad-driven publisher will weight more towards the decisions the brands need to go through in this space versus if it's a more content-driven publisher we may focus more time on specifically how a production should be thinking about integration and how they should be thinking about working with brands so a lot of that is pr and that's been a very good channel and outlet for us the second is targeted events there are more events than we could possibly hit in a year so our model is let's focus on events where there are key decision makers uh, mainly on the brand side of things Let's focus on events that are tend to be more intimate in nature and focus on events where we can have a thought leadership position and not necessarily just an attendance only. And so we built a little scoring system to understand what those events are. Every time we go to an event, we rank it to decide if it's something we're going to do in the future. But it's a very event-driven strategy, mainly in the US, but certainly in some cases we will do events outside of the US. For example, our content team was just in Edinburgh for the film festival there. So that's the second one. And then the third is we do work with publishers on custom content. So we just are in the process right now of doing a very interesting series with the drum around storytelling and the importance of that to marketers. And we interviewed, I think it's been six right now, I think the target's probably eight to 10 of leading storytellers, whether they're prop masters or producers or executives at studios to talk about, again, the importance of brands and working with brands and helping them move the story forward. And so in those particular cases, we'll work very closely with a publisher on creating unique custom content and then ultimately measuring that success. So those are the marketing channels we work on. And then internally, we spend a lot of time honing the message, honing our look and feel, and creating materials that are used out in the market. So And that manifests itself in a few different ways. The first way is our website, which we will be revamping over the next couple of months. But we did a refresh of that a few months ago just to help portray and exude the image of Ben. But then also the materials that we work with our client development team on to make sure that they're helping tell the story in a consistent manner, but also one that represents the passion and the importance of entertainment to any marketer. So that's the second. And then the last piece is we do do select paid search. It's a very efficient driven campaign, again, for certain keywords. But in terms of our marketing mix, really the first two is the bulk of where we spend our time with respect to a PR driven strategy as well as an event driven strategy.
1: Do you find that your customers talk about your products or is this sort of a a secret recipe they hold close to the vest?
2: Well, we'd love them to talk about it more. But ultimately, as I mentioned, we have a 93% client retention rate. So that's the ultimate metric we really care about. But our clients, they're very happy. But with some exceptions, I think they do view it as a, as a little bit of a secret sauce for them. So we do work with them on the right opportunities to speak, and they have done a few of those. But again, I think most of them like to keep it a little bit close as a strategic asset that they have. So tell me
1: about your goals for the company
2: I think the nice thing about the company is that we have a very good strategy of what we need to do to execute and so now it's just about the blocking and tackling of getting those things done personally for me it's about continuing to make sure on the product side we have a fairly robust roadmap over the next 12 months which we had the privilege of walking bill gates through so that was a great meeting and he gave us some really invaluable feedback on the product but it's executing on that product roadmap And doing it in a way that is very transparent with all the key stakeholders internally and externally. So that's the first thing. The second thing is on the marketing side is just continuing to tell the Ben story, but also the broader brand integration story in the marketplace to continue to drive awareness. And certainly, you know, the rising tide will lift all boats. But being the leader in the category, we believe we can take a lion's share of that market opportunity so that will happen just with good old fashioned blocking and tackling of continuing to do, execute on the strategy I mentioned to you earlier. And then I think the third is just one area that for us has been very powerful and continuing to focus on is this influencer business which I can't get into details of how quickly it's growing, but I'd say it's a great segment for us and just making sure that part of the business continues to get the support it needs from a product and marketing perspective. And over the last six months or so, we've really, I think, done some good work in terms of focusing the business, not only historically, which is mainly a uh, TV and film integration business, but is now very much including the influencer business as well.
1: And how about on a personal level, tell me a little bit about your longer term career goals. It sounds like you're two years into working for Ben, and it seems like your intent is to be there for a while. But for someone who is the c m o and c p o you know what are the next steps in the career and what are the skills you're trying to develop?
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, it's just about continue to grow this business i I think the one thing is at least for me personally, when you feel like you've hit a plateau in terms of the market growth or just your own personal growth. I always tend to be curious about things, look for different opportunities. But I think here in particular, what's fascinating is we're at the very early stages of a very interesting opportunity. And I'm fairly data-driven. And so one data point that I always like to look at, if you think about the integration market, if you will. So if you think about every TV show that could have an integration, and you think about how many integrations could occur in a typical one-hour episode There could be 10 to 20 that that feel real. And if you think about a typical show might have 10 to 15 episodes and you multiply that times the number of original pieces of content, the reality is there's a lot of available inventory for integrations. But today, our view is that that market penetration, again, we think we're the leader, but there are other players in the space that do this the penetration is about 2%. So there's 98% market potential here that I would like to see us capture. So that's certainly not going to happen in the next year, but the trends are all heading in the right direction. So for me personally, I'd like to see the fulfillment of this business getting to a place where when a marketer thinks about where they should be investing their dollars, they are thinking about three options or thinking about TV, because that's still a huge market, $70 billion. It's not going away anytime soon. They think of digital. And the third leg of that stool, so to speak, is integration. So, right now, we are still a fairly niche and small part of that marketing budget. But over the next few years, I'm optimistic and I would like to see it through where we actually become on par with a consideration set. And if you think about digital, I mean, it's been 20 plus years and digital's now roughly as big as TV marketing advertising. So we're only in the second year of this or third year of this. So we have some time, but I would certainly like to see us get to a place where in the consideration set of the TV and digital budgets.
1: It seems like there's lots of green grass ahead of you.
2: That's right. Lots of it.
1: Yeah. So last question for you. What are some of the lessons that you've learned along the way that you'd like to pass on to people that are junior level marketers?
2: Well, I would say the first thing is to not walk in with any preconceived notions, because I think in general this just will serve people well is just to walk in and learn and listen to what experts have to say. And so I think with the integration space, it's a really intriguing opportunity. But I think the one thing that marketers need to understand it it's it's a very different kind of buy than they're historically used to. So you generally have a tremendous amount of control, whether it's on TV or on digital. You create the creative, you figure out the audience you'd like to go after, and you know with a high degree of confidence, this is when something's going to run, at least with TV advertising and with digital, you have a good sense you know, every minute of when an impression is happening and who's seeing it. With the integration business, you're ceding control to the creators, and you have to trust, and we have a lot of, I'd say, processes and procedures to make sure that the brand is never impaired. And again, we have some pretty large bands who continue to work with us, but you're ceding control to the content creator, and your ability to dictate when your product gets integrated and how it gets integrated is pretty minimal. And so you have to trust in The content creators and ultimately you have to trust in Ben to help us help the brand navigate that. Well, Greg,
1: I really appreciate you making the time. I think this is really insightful and it's a unique and sounds like clearly a growing channel. So thanks for sharing your expertise with us.
2: Well, Ben, thanks for having me. Happy to be on your podcast.
1: Okay. That wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks again to Greg for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about the Branded Entertainment Network, go to bengroup.com, B-E-N-G-R-O-U-P.com. If you'd like to read the transcript of this podcast, we've published it on martechpod.com. And if you're a subscriber to the Martech podcast, thank you very much. We want you to feel like a member of our community. So if you have questions, comments, or you'd like to be a guest on the show, feel free to reach out to me directly at podcast at benjshap.com or on Twitter. My handle is at benjshapllc. We'd love for you to leave us a review in the iTunes store. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a weekly stream of marketing technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we've got some great episodes lined up for you in the next few weeks. Next week, we're going to be talking about paid social advertising for one of my favorite companies. Go ahead and click that subscribe button if you'd like that to be in your feed. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy
0: thanks for listening to the martech podcast and i hear everything production Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.